0: You're listening to the Redemption Church Podcast. We hope that you're encouraged by today's message. You can open your Bibles to, oh man, I can't even like, I can't even like bring you to a certain patches. I got so many passages of scripture, but go to 1 Corinthians. First Corinthians 9. We're going to get there, Okay. But before we do, let's pray. And uh, today is a little bit u- unusual because it's it's Vision Sunday, it's uh, New Year's, and um, I just thought I'd do a topical message for this moment in this season. Jesus, we just thank you so much that we can come to you in prayer, that we can bless your name, Lord, that we can worship your name, worship with your word, worship through giving, tithes, and offerings. And Lord, we're faithful. Uh, you're faithful to us, Lord. You've been a faithful God to us. And I just thank you so much that we're able to celebrate your goodness in our lives. And Lord, we we are excited about this weekend uh, coming up, but Lord, in this moment right now, I pray you'd meet us. Guide us, Holy Spirit. Teach us. Thank you, Lord, that as we celebrate this holiday, a new year, calendar year, it helps us to think about the future. So we just want to invite you into our future. Lord, we want to invite you into our lives, into this moment. Holy Spirit, teach. We thank you, God, so much for how you're moving, how you're doing things in everyone's life here. You know everyone here. You know exactly what they need and need to hear. So I just pray by the power of God and your anointing that you would speak through me and minister to them. In your name we pray. And everyone said, amen, amen. Well, it's a privilege to teach God's word to you. It's gonna be a topical message tonight uh, because it's New Year's. And let me just say, happy New Year. Come on, you can throw a little bit at me. It's a holiday. Isn't this sort of fun? Two holidays in a row. I'm telling you, last week was so special. I've never had a Sunday night service over Christmas, but like Robin said, it was so cool to have family, biological family in the morning and then your church family in the night and just sort of special and being able to, um, man, talk about Jesus on Christmas day and take communion and worship and um, just open scripture. It was really special, really fun. I hope that's what this night is tonight. It is a holiday. I wanna speak to the cultural moment. It's now 2023. Has anyone written it yet? No, that's right. Hopefully you don't pay no bills yet. Um, we still got, right? It's observed tomorrow. So you got maybe a day or two, but it's, it's here. We've moved from 2022 to 2023. And although uh, it just might be maybe the next day for some of you, right? I do think it represents something biblically in our lives and, and what God wants to speak to us as a church, because it, it talks about seasons a lot in the Bible. Seasons. God doesn't change, but ultimately in our lives, in our mental state, there are things that come into our lives that help us with different seasons, i.e. I broke my ankle, different season in my life. I'm I'm not running around anymore, but I'm getting there and I'm gonna get there, Tim, okay? And so this is a new season, it's a future season. You sort of think about the old, you look to the new and New Year's tends to be a day where you reflect, where you evaluate, where you try to move forward in wisdom, at least I hope some of us do, Even if we don't make New Year's resolutions, I think it's actually a biblical thing to process and to have vision for your life where you think the Lord is leading you. And the Bible talks a lot about this, how we actually need to go to scripture and God's word to renew our mind, to understand the will of God. Have you ever asked that God, what is your will for my life? What is the purpose, the plan for my life? And we should be evaluating, asking God for wisdom, not only on a, on a weekly basis or an annual basis, but, but moment by moment, asking God in fellowship with him, what does he have for us? And we can continue to go to his word through that. Now, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it's a familiar verse, but in the context of New Year's, I thought it was appropriate. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. By the testing, you may discern what is the will and what is good and acceptable and perfect. We need to test things, or another way to say is evaluate things, have discernment What is God's will for our life? What is the purpose? What is acceptable? What is good? Where should I go left or right? And this tends to be a good season where we have sort of slowed down, spin with family, a little less work, and then go into the new year with vision for 2023 and beyond. And so God wants to give you vision. Now I would define vision as this, the ability to think about or plan the future with imagination or wisdom. The ability to think about the future with some imagination or wisdom. You can plan. God's a planner for the foundations of the earth. He knew you. He planned for things for us. And vision is a brighter future of the status quo. You want something to go forward better. You want to move with your life with vision because you want clarity. You want guidance. You want focus. At least I hope you do. And when you have vision, it helps move you in a certain direction to accomplish certain goals. Now, Proverbs 29, 18, the old King James Version says, where there is no vision, people perish. Because if you have no vision, you have no direction. And you just randomly are moving forward. And as Christians, we should not do this. We should actually incorporate God in the strategy and plan of our life. And we need to be making sure we're seeking God and his word. It's like the difference of punching in somewhere directions with Google Maps or just you winging it without any directions, not knowing where you're going. You're going to drive and go somewhere. And maybe by God's grace, you may get it after a couple of wrong turns. But we have access to someone who wants actually to give us vision. God himself. You know, Helen Keller, who was the first person with a a death blindness to college degree and did a lot of work. She's a known poet. She was blind, but yet a political leader. She said this, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. You ever feel that way sometimes in life? You're just like a dead man walking. There's no direction. There's no hope. Just, you're just living the life and it's moment by moment, it's day by day, but there's no hope. There's no future. God doesn't want us to do that. He wants to give us revelation so that we actually have a direction to accomplish great things with our lives. Now, I said the old King James version of Proverbs. This is the ESV version of Proverbs and I'll finish it out. It actually says where there is no prophetic vision where there's no prophetic vision, the people cast off restraint. They perish because they just do whatever they want. But blessed is he who keeps the law, who's directed by God's law, who renews their mind and understands the will of God. It's not that we have to have this crazy, awesome vision for our lives, but rather we need to discover what God's plan and purpose already is for our lives. The text says prophetic vision. We know prophecy is speaking forth of God. God has a prophetic vision or word for you. The NIV says, translates this word revelation. New Living Translation says divine guidance. Without divine guidance, without revelation, without prophetic vision, we are not going to be able to have a clear direction and know where God wants us. But our God is good because he speaks his word. And you know, when he speaks, he brings forth life. In the beginning, God spoke, made the heavens and the earth. And he's still speaking, making things, renewing our minds. And we need to listen and be sensitive. That's why I'm so, so excited about the 21-day fast to be able to be in God's presence and take more time in prayer, not only talking to him, but listening to God and getting divine revelation, direction, and, and really taking the time that we need and spending extra time to listen to him. Because this proverb says, blessed is he who keeps the law. It's not just about listening and having a service, but when you experience God and he directs you and then you apply it to your life in wisdom, the Bible says you will be blessed. And God reveals prophetic vision, revelation, and we should appropriately respond to it. And so I love what the apostle Paul said. I told you I was gonna get there. This isn't a primary text. This is just me just sharing some stuff. But I love how, the Apostle Paul says you can have vision for your life. And he would know this. He would experience this. If you know the Apostle Paul, he was named Saul beforehand. He was literally going in one direction, zeal of the Lord, but he didn't have God's word and he was persecuting the church. He wasn't interpreting right. He didn't have Jesus, the Messiah, the revelation. And so he was actually killing the church and persecuting him. But there was one day in Acts chapter nine when he met Jesus and he received prophetic vision from the Lord and it radically changed his life. Instead of persecuting the church, he became a leader of the church. And that was all derived by divine guidance from the Lord Jesus himself meeting him. We need to start praying that we would meet with God in a real way, that it would radically change the direction. Paul didn't have a five-year plan. He just met Jesus. He didn't have a lot of principles. He had the person of God. And he tells us that he would not take that lightly in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 25 through 27. It's a clear vision statement for me, but he says, every athlete exercises with self-control in all things. They exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, or we may think about a medal or a trophy, but we, an imperishable, not just a wreath, but a trophy, rewards from God as we live for him. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and I keep it under control. Lest after preaching to others, I myself be disqualified. Paul didn't live without restraint for no purpose, just aimlessly doing whatever he felt like. He says, man, I have a plan and I have a purpose even Athletes, you know, the self control that they have. I want to be focused like that. I don't want to just beating, uh, beating in the air and having no impact. He lived in his dis- discipline to please the Lord and to accomplish great things. And as we think about the new year and vision and what God is guiding us, it's going to take some work, some self control, some discipline on our part. And it's not just Paul who's giving this statement, but he actually directs this to other believers, people like you and me that are teaching this. Because in verse 24, that second half, he says, so now you run that you may obtain the prize. God wants us to run to obtain the prize. Right before he says, hey, so every athlete, and this he's giving this example. And I just wonder, what does it look like for you to run wisely this year? What does God want you to do? to do, to live in wisdom, to understand his word more. You know, Ephesians chapter five says that we should discern the times, knowing that they are evil, not being drunk with alcohol or wine, which is a debauchery, but being filled with the Holy Spirit so we can walk in wisdom, so we can know God's vision for our lives. And his vision is radically different from the world's vision for your life. And even from your flesh, Paul was going one way, but he met Jesus and he caused him to go another way. And we have to be a people that evaluate. We have to be continually going to God's word to renew our mind, not being conformed to the world, but be transformed by God's word for what is the vision? Where does he want? You know, the standards of the world are like, just leave your best now. You deserve this. It's all about you. Hey, if it feels right, then it is right. Do whatever makes you happy. I mean, isn't culturally, don't we hear a a complete opposite message of what God's word tells us? And if we are not careful and if we are not wise, looking to God, other things will grab our attention. Jesus said he's the author and finisher of our faith. We're to look to him. Now we must do this as individuals, but we also have to do this as a church family. You know, God brought us together as a church and to sustain this church for a reason. And it is good and wise to have vision as a church, direction for the future. So we can all be on the same page to accomplish great goals that God has given us within our own personality, our own context, the gifts we've given. We need to have discernment and say, God, what would you want for our church for 2023 and beyond? Because oftentimes, God doesn't just give vision for an individual or a purpose, but he also gives vision and and direction for communities, for churches. Because it takes a team, a body of believers, to accomplish great and amazing things given by God. And we know that he's placed us all here for a reason. An example of this is Habakkuk. In the book of Habakkuk, God was going to give Habakkuk a great vision for the nation of Israel. They had been rebelling against God and the plans that, had God, uh, that, that God had for them. And so Habakkuk uh, was met by the Lord and the Lord wanted to give Habakkuk prophetic vision for the nation so they would understand it, repent, and turn before the Babylonian kingdom would come in and destroy them. And God would tell this man of God, this prophet Habakkuk in verse two of chapter two, he would say, write the vision, write it down. Why? Make it plain on tablets so that he may, who, uh, he may run who reads it. It's important that God speaks to people and leaders and prophets and other people to guide and to listen, to understand that God not only wants to guide your life, but he wants to communicate it in such a way where you understand it. Because Habakkuk just could have been like blown away by all the stuff God said, and then never expressed it. And I find myself as a church leader, one of the main roles of me is to be a a culture maker or a communicator. It's like by the time I get done saying it, and I'm bored of it, and I'm tired of it, is about the time you guys get it. It's like when we sing new worship songs. I I hear you guys, you're like, Jesus, I don't know. You don't know the melody, you don't know the tune. I gotta sing it like three or four times, weeks in a row. And by the time I'm done with it, you're like, wait, but I love that song. I'm Okay, well, let's sing it again, right? That's sort of how vision works as a leader, where it's like, okay, hopefully by now you guys know the mission of our church is to pursue and to proclaim Jesus. I I should have this tattoo, man. I've said this thing so many times. But it's important for me to continually say it so that we're all on the same page so we're going forth and saying, the reason why we're doing certain things, even everything in your bulletin has to mash up to this mission. Why are we even having a men's event for fellowship and bringing in a guy to speak to the men of the church? I thought we're just a small church and blah. No, because our mission is to pursue Jesus and to proclaim him. We're gonna use this event to invite guys that we know that are believers or non-believers to speak to them and say, you can have vision for your life. And we're going to pursue Jesus and fellowship and community and do these things. Like everything that we do we should be guided by something that God has directed us in. Because if we do that, it's actually worship. When you do what God tells you to do, the victory and the joy in that is worship. It's a beautiful thing. And I'm so excited to share stories next week of, of how as we've pursued and proclaimed Jesus, the fruit that we've seen. Because we want to celebrate that. We want to be able to be reminded of the results of when you actually obey God, there is blessing. And here's how it looks like. In over 10 years, we've given almost over $100,000 away to church planning and missions. You should know that. Did you know right now, this audio message, there are over 5,000 people subscribed to our podcast? My little live YouTube channel, I'm just giving you guys have 20 views on YouTube. There's almost now 8,000 people subscribed. Who are these people? I don't know. Did you know actually I have three podcasts? Another one is EE Leaders, Encouraging and Equipping Church Leaders. And my goal was to create community to have a posture of humility leadership lessons podcast. So I asked people to give us lessons for church leaders. It's probably a smaller niche, but it's my hobby, man. I want to stay humble, I want to grow let's do it. I had a goal of reaching 40 people. There are 5,000 people subscribe right now. Why is this significant? Because if you don't know this information, all you're going to see is what you see. And what you don't know, you don't know. And what gets celebrated gets repeated. And we're to be a people of thanks that celebrates what God's done in our life. And this is a great time as a church, not only with our anniversary, but individually to journal, to look back and say, man, God has sustained my marriage. God has given me grace in that area. Like, thank God for this. Thank God for that. This is why it's a big deal, but not a big deal. It's just us getting together for a party, but it's a big deal because we're getting together to party. It's a big deal that we're gonna go to Veterans Park for a service and just praise God and remember what he's done and to hear about what he's done but we're also celebrating the vision of our church. Now, this is a little less known, the vision of our church. Does anyone know our vision? I don't say it as much. Don't have this thing tattooed. It's not even sexy, really. Meaning rhythms, rhymes, pursuing or proclaiming. We actually have a shirt of this. The vision of our church is to make disciples that saturate our world with the love of Jesus. I know, it's not really original, is it? probably heard it, at least I hope, to make disciples. We actually shouldn't be all flashy when it comes to the vision of where God wants us to go. We should know clearly from scripture, God wants all of us to make disciples. So we have a mission to pursue and proclaim Jesus, and that's going to direct us in our future. all, All things we're doing is making disciples to saturate our world with the love of Jesus. Now, I did throw a little spin on there, with my own language, to saturate the world with the love of Jesus? Because I think a lot of people know about making disciples. It's called the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, verse 19 and 20. Jesus told us before he ascended to the Father, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. We want you to help us make disciples, to pour into people, to be disciples, to grow in your faith, of all people, all races, all colors, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. But it's not just a task-oriented vision. Do, do, do. Because love has to be involved in the way that we make disciples. Because Jesus was asked, well, what should we do, do, do? And he gave this commission, but yet it was in the context of love. Our God is a God of love. We want to make disciples in the world that actually love Jesus. He said, you can sum up all the law of all you're doing by loving God and loving other people. So for us, we actually want to make disciples and saturate our world and go out and love Jesus. It's a really big deal how we do things, not just what we do to the Lord, because why? Everything is worship unto him. That's why when you go to your job on Monday or on Wednesday or on Thursday or whenever it is, it's worship. And we wanna do it all for the glory of the Lord. We are to do things in love by faith. And so as the lead pastor of this church, I constantly am asking God for wisdom, for prophetic vision, direction, revelation, in how to make disciples in love. What does that look like? How do we do this, Lord, as a community? And by God's grace, he guides not only me, but the leaders of the church to seek him and gives us vision, opportunity, things that help us make disciples, that pursue and proclaim Jesus and fit our mission. I love Proverbs 25, 11. It says, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in the setting of silver. You know, they say that God's word gives us eternal principles that are timeless. But God's word is also timely and prophetically speaks to us in this moment. God gives us prophetic words, speaks to his body, Hopefully you've heard it even as we've had prayer meetings and you see, wow, God gave that person that verse and this person that verse and that person that verse. And a timely spoken word is just priceless. It's beautiful. It's like an apple of gold on a silver platter. It's priceless, it's precious. And for me, the way that God guides my years and my seasons for not only me, but this church is he gives me words directions for the church. This morning, I was at the Avenue Church and teaching for Pastor Casey and taught this word, It means to be bold. That was our word in 2021 for our church, to have courage, to be bold, to walk in bravery. That was the Lord, what the Lord wanted us to do. And because of that word, it guided us to be bold in our decisions, to step out in faith, to do certain things and directed us even though we didn't know what was happening or going to happen six months later. That was the year that we took our first sabbatical, I believe, right? 2021. Man, I'm ready for another sabbatical. It was so good, so amazing. But we had to be bold. We had to step out by faith. What do you mean a small church you are gonna leave for this? Yeah, man, we really believe our mission is to pursue and proclaim Jesus and we're gonna send our pastor out to go pursue him. I remember in those three months, being able to read through the entire Bible again and study it in 90 days and just spending time with family like taking silent retreats and just praying and just being like, wow, I can't believe we actually like, we believe this stuff. Like the money, like our mouth is where the money, like I don't know what that saying is. The money is where the mouth is? The mouth is where the money? What's the saying? Boom. That's what it is. For the recording, you just had to have been here. The audience knows they're amazing, full of wisdom. Um, but I look honestly—it it took so much faith for me to stop. It took courage. It took boldness. And the Lord spoke that to me. And I don't know if I—if I didn't have that from the Lord, I don't know if I could have just stopped and sought Him in that way. The next year was 2022. We just got out of the year. That year, that word was testimony. And we tried to think through how is God personally going to use people in our church? Even implementing as small as like afterglows and hearing from the Lord and God's directing in them and asking questions and God's doing some fresh work in people's lives. And and how do we cultivate that as a church to really get nitty gritty and one-on-one and just God's doing a work. They have a testimony. He's personally working in the lives of our church and guiding us in that way. And this year I feel like the word that God is speaking to me, but also to our church is fruit, fruit. Now the fruit that I'm referring to is the fruit of the spirit. You may know it, Galatians chapter five, verse 22 and 23. It says, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things is no law. I think coming up on 10 years, or should I say a decade, as a church has helped me to have this perspective and think through this year personally a lot. As I have to reflect and share stories and what to share and is it boastful, is it bragful, I want to boast in the Lord, but this is weird, I don't know. It's just a bizarre thing. But one thing I could say is there's been fruit what I just read. And you know what? After 10 years, I thought, honestly, our church would be at a different place. I don't know, maybe more people, maybe more money, maybe more uh, influence, more disciples. I don't know, maybe just more. I just mentally thought 10 years ago, if we're doing this for 10 years and we're doing this, this would be the outcome. And whether it's wrong or right, it was just in my mind. And I struggle sometimes even to accept God's will for my life at times because I mentally, not only with the church, but in my own life, have a dream or a hope or ambition that may not be lining up with God's ambition and will for my life. And it's good to test that and to understand that because we can have selfish ambition and God values some different things than we value. And when I think about fruit, it helps me remember what God values. It really does. You know, when you look at God's word, God doesn't have a big emphasis on a Sunday morning space or maybe what time or even day you worship the Lord. He's not really necessarily, like there's no Bible verse that talks about like, uh, like seek after a large budget. Are you validated if you have this many people or discipling this many people? But when I look at scripture, I I see that he delights in faith. It's a whole different metric. He says you can have joy in your salvation. He, He emphasizes worshiping him. Or this thing that we talked about, love. He has a different measure of success than what the world's measure of success is. And we have to, again, renew our minds to that standard. You know, in his book, The Measure of Success by Sean Lovejoy, he does speak to pastors about this issue and it's primarily for pastors, but I think it applies to all of us. He says, our root problem is that we have exchanged God's definition of success for our own. He continues on in that book and says, relying on ourselves, uh, realigning ourselves with Jesus and not our own efforts should be the measure of our success. The measure of our success needs to be what God says is the measure of our success. And we need to continually go back and say, Lord, is this my own ambition? Is this my own will? What would you have? Because I had this thing in my mind, but I want to be guided by your prophetic vision, not what my vision is for my life. I wish I could say that after 10 years of pastoring redemption church, I didn't still struggle with false thinking, but I do. I have to be washed in God's word continually, even with the measure of success in my own personal life, the church, compared to the world standards. But I don't even think it's because I'm a pastor. I think it's just because I'm human. And it's a process and sanctification. I don't think it's just my struggle as your leader, but it's also your struggle. Because you're hearing it from your friends, your family, the media, just your own flesh. And we have to understand transformation or sanctification, becoming like Christ is a never-ending journey in this life. And we need the grace of God to understand his will for our lives and that there is grace from God for our lives. We're growing. I have grown so much in the last 10 years as a pastor, as a husband, as a person, as a father. I'm a different man, hopefully more like Jesus. How is that not success? When we actually look to what the Lord smiles at, we will have joy. We will have peace. We'll have some patience and kindness in there. Throw a little gentleness, self-control. You know, come on. Anyone know the Fruit of the Spirit song? No? There's plenty of them out there. You can Google it later. But listen, I believe fruit is a word that defines our ministry after 10 years And God wants to remind us as we come into a decade to continue to pursue and proclaim Jesus because as we do, we will bear much fruit. Now listen, there's nothing wrong with talking about vision, especially the future and making plans, even as a church. I mean, you got passed out a bulletin. There's a lot of stuff going on. We're in the works right now of not only doing united prayer and fasting. Lord, just finished up writing a devotional for that. Then in February, we're hosting a mission conference. We're actually going to have Esteban from Spain fly in. Jason may fly in. Other missionaries from around the world are flying in to pour into all of you, to our culture, to set, to put all these missionaries in our area to be speaking. I mean, there's a crazy stuff where they're just not coming. We're going to them in March. We're going to do a small strip uh, mission team to the church. I mean, to the, the house of blessing from our church. Like There's a lot of stuff happening and planning. I'm pouring more time into church leaders, the ministry leaders the one-on-one meetings. Uh, I'm thinking about upgrading our cameras this year since we wanna be good stewards of proclaiming Jesus and that people are actually watching. Shout out to you, whoever you are. Oh, real quick, if you are in Ashburn, Virginia, I just want you to email me. It's daniel at redemptiondb.com. There's like a hundred of them right now. I don't know who they are, but I I just keep on wanting to know. Reach out to me. I'm going to leave this in the podcast. I will not cut it. Just throwing that out there for you. It's amazing when you see the global reach and the influence and the things we're doing. We want to steward that well. So I, I've been praying, okay, it's going to take funds. Like, I don't know how it's going to you know, I haven't bought a new laptop in six years. And with all the stuff that we're doing, we should probably invest in technology so things don't just keep crashing. We should probably get 4K compute. These are all things that make a difference and are important in the planning process. And it's not wrong when you speak about church and vision to go after those things. But the word for us is fruit. Those things are going to take care of themselves. We're going to plan, we're going to process, we're going to pray, we're going to listen to the Lord, and we'll let you know how to get involved, to be on the same page, to accomplish some great things this year. I mean, I want to see more people get saved, baptized, discipled in the seats. I want to see a Sunday morning location. There are many things that I see, but Jesus told us if you really want to bear fruit, the focus will first be pursuing him and then proclaiming him. John 15, one of my favorite chapters of the Bible, Verse four and five, Jesus said, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I am him, he is it that bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing. I don't really know what will happen, and I can't even testify to all the things that have happened in the last 10 years as a church, but one thing I do know is God has been faithful with us and has walked with us every single step. We've had a lot of disappointments and a lot of events thinking things were going to go a different way, but God has never disappointed in his presence and being with us and being faithful and being with the Lord he has been with us every step of the way and that word abide means to dwell to remain meaning we actually have a choice to step out in faith and to trust him moment by moment and the bible says when you do this you will bear much fruit that's the vision that's the word that's the encouragement so now i can step out in faith and my failure my measure of success is not how many people showed up how many this and that i wanted this much this much in the budget or that much in the budget no the, the, the thing that I'm shooting for is Jesus. He's the main thing. And the way that I get the fruit is through Jesus. I want our measure of success as a church, not only this year, but in this next decade to be fruit, to be love, to looking to Jesus and not getting sidetracked. You know what? I want us in our language to strive to be kind in a world that is obscenely rude. I want us to have the language that we have joy in the midst of our suffering. Or what about this? We're patient in a very hurried world. When everyone is anxious, we have peace because we're looking to the Lord. We actually experience being self-controlled when people all around us are just doing whatever their flesh is telling us to do. You know what's a measure of success? Is when we live in humility and gentleness in a harsh and prideful culture. Why isn't that our language? Now, listen, if you want to donate to the ministry, redemptiondb.com backslash bif. We need funds, we need finances, we need events, all that stuff's taken care of. It's great. But in our language, should we not incorporate biblical language of what God wants and the measure of our success that is totally contradictory? to what the world has, and sometimes even our flesh. It's the fruit of the Spirit It will make a difference. And my prayer is as we step into 2023, that we'll bear much fruit by pursuing Jesus and embracing the vision for his life. I'm not worried about the individual specific purpose and plan and vision he's going to give you because I know that he's faithful to his word. I know that there is enough in this word, in this scripture, for you to apply and be blessed for your entire life. Peter says we already have enough godliness like you know even enough verses as we've studied this last year that it would take a lifetime just to apply it in your life by the power of the Holy Spirit. God will speak to you as you abide and remain and dwell in him and you will bear fruit. The focus is are we actually going to do that and look to God for the measure of our success? And what I wanna do is this weekend is celebrate that. We've seen some fruit. And I'm all about boasting in the Lord and what he's done, not only in the church, but in my life. I hope you can say that too. I hope that you can testify to the faithfulness of God and the power and the presence of the Lord as you have abided in him, that you see your life is being transformed and sanctified and different. And you are becoming more and more like Jesus, more loving, more kind, more gentle, self-control, patient, just having the peace of God in your life. It's good news for our souls. Not to try harder and do more and accomplish and take the mountain. Jesus gets all the victory and all the boasting goes to him because he already conquered death, sin and Satan. And all we have to do is go back to him over and over and over again. And the Bible says that when we actually come together like this, we should celebrate that the victory belongs to God and not us. That we don't have to worry about the five-year plan that we can go to the person of Jesus for against the law, there is no such thing. We can actually go to him and receive his love and rely on his effort and the work that he did on the cross. And we could take communion together as a fellowship and trust God's grace is for us right now. I think even when we talk about vision, we get so far sighted and so like thinking about the future, we forget even the moment. Like we have breath in our lungs, And maybe the Lord even wants to return before this weekend. Glory to God. Why aren't we thinking like that? Maybe he wants to take some of us home before this weekend. Glory to God. He has a plan. And as we stick to him, he's going to reveal it to us. So we don't have to stress about the big grand plan. But we are to be a people of thanks and to remember what he's done to help us to remember the future that he's coming back to return and rule and reign again. So may we pray on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus, rule and reign in our hearts now. Jesus said this in John 6, 47. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes has eternal life. I mean, that's just pretty awesome. There's no explanation. We have eternal life. The victory is already won. In Christ, all spiritual blessings are found. We just need to be reminded of that over and over again. And the Lord reminded me of this as I've been preparing and praying and thinking about all the grand things that are gonna be on the calendar. He said, but don't forget fruit. And that's gonna look like than just a date on a calendar. It's gonna look differently. But this is what we should go after as a church. Amen? Amen? So let's pray, let's take communion, let's celebrate God's love for us. Lord, we thank you so much that we can pursue you. We thank you, God, for all the amazing things that you're doing in our lives. And we want to celebrate, we wanna worship, we wanna praise you. Lord, you are sufficient, you are enough, you're more than enough. And so we wanna come to the elements of the communion to just thank you, to praise you, to remember that there is grace, that we are gonna go with after everything we have, Lord, to just pursue you. But it's not by might nor by power, but by the spirit of the Lord. I can look back and say, Lord, this is your church. You've done this. You've sustained this. All my efforts has not been enough, but you have been enough. You have brought people, you have sent people and you will continue to do so because you are God and we are not. And so we bow our knee to you and we surrender. We say your plan is better for your plan brought salvation to us by your grace. So God, we need more grace for our church. We need more grace for our lives, with our mental state, with our discouragement, our depression, with our thought patterns, with our expectations, with our love for one another, with bearing each other's burdens and being graceful to one another. Lord, we want to come to the table and remember that we can come to you with everything. And so wherever one is at, Lord, we're in 2023. We just pray special blessing for this year that we would have a a mind that's renewed to think through these things and to pray for more love in our life, more joy and more peace. And we thank you, God, when we ask, you you give. We can receive these things from you as we abide in you. And so we just want to thank you, God, for working in our lives as these elements represent your blood shed for us your unconditional love displayed for us, knowing that we were weak and sinners. We don't have to be perfect in even 2023 in this new year to get this grand vision done. We just got to keep on going back to the cross and looking to your blood, looking to your grace and to just receive your love for our lives. So help us, Lord, to respond appropriately. Help us to know you are coming back. You're gonna rule and reign. There's gonna be a new heavens and new earth. Help us to have a living hope. We have a great grand vision, eternal life. We believe. We believe in you, God. But help our unbelief. May you be glorified in our lives and in this church. It's your name we pray. Amen. Hi, this is Pastor Daniel Williams at Redemption Church in Delaware Beach. Thank you so much for listening to that message. We pray it was an encouragement, it was a blessing to you as we love to pursue and to proclaim Jesus together. And so no matter where you're listening, whether it be YouTube or our podcast, you can go to more resources at redemptiondb.com and even partner with us in ministry to pursue and to proclaim Jesus. God bless you and thank you so much for listening.